Welcome to Day Zero Update for December 20th, 2020. I'm your host, Chris Ologi. And I'm Brandon Perkins. And yeah, it's a little bit of a light crew this week, but not in stories to talk about. Nope. Uh, I'd been wondering when the, the gaming industry is going to have their 2020 moment. Yeah. And it's right here. Right here at the yep. end of the year. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'd say like the movie industry is when Christopher Nolan forced Tenet out into theaters over the summer. Yep. To nearly kill off a bunch of theaters. Yeah. Nobody really wanted to go and see it. Yeah. Uh, movie industry was just seeing all of their concerts and tours and all that canceled. Yep. Uh, game industry kind of went along for the most part. You know, no E3 or conventions of, of any sort, really. But mm-hmm. uh, this is the one where things just came to head. And you're like, oh, here's the thing that kind of defines the whole year. Yep. Uh, Cyberpunk 2077 came out. Uh, some some good praise, but a lot of it being like, why is this out now? Yeah. It doesn't seem like it should be out now. Yeah. And uh, come to find stories, out. Yeah. All stories we, are about that. Yeah. About a good, like, half of them we've got here. And you're going to find out that it's basically a case of the developers being the sort of Cassandra truth here and the board of directors being a bunch of assholes. Yeah. Uh, seeing the money, wanting that at the expense of their entire reputation. Mm-hmm. I've never seen a developer trash their reputation one week after launch, essentially. Yeah. So fast. Uh, it's like they were speed running it or something. I don't know, but... Mm. That's uh that's a good chunk of what we got here. We also got the Nintendo Indie World showcase. Mm-hmm. A bunch of indie stuff getting announced for the Switch, as well as uh, a smattering of other news after that. Some some good, some not great, and some just uh weird things. Yeah. But we'll get to that in a few minutes. We'll talk about what we've been playing. And uh I will start here. Uh I got my Xbox Series S on Friday. Having kind of messing with it. Uh, a bit here and there, and uh, it's been kind of a disaster, I'd say. Just the the OS itself has not changed much since the bad OS I've been using on my Xbox One X up until it broke. Uh, and by that I mean I plugged in my external hard drive from the One X, which worked, but all the games are obviously out of date. But the process of getting the updates to show up uh, was very scattershot. Uh, the tool they have for, like, here's all the updates had, like, maybe 10 or so. And then the rest I had to find out by starting up every single game. And I was also doing this to test which ones were Game Pass games, like ones I didn't own and thus couldn't mm-hmm. play. Because I don't have console Game Pass or xbox live gold so i don't have the means of playing that stuff and then i realized uh there are a couple games that have multiplayer that i still can't play mm. like uh like i have rainbow six siege and so on. it's like that game is not really a game without gold so i'll probably have to delete that uh yeah it's just annoying having to start up all these games uh, I found a couple of games I'm pretty sure were Game Pass games, but I could still play. I wasn't sure if somehow the PC Game Pass unlocked something, if they were play anywhere. I don't know. 
it's not clear at all what because they don't have a thing on the like on PS4 and PS5 where it's like here show me my ownership information on this game mm. you see like an expiration date you know okay that's from you know PlayStation Plus or Now or EA Play or whatever here they mm-hmm. kind of put logos on the box art but they weren't showing up for a while after I I basically got through most of the list and then they started showing up for the last few games I was like, well, this mm-hmm. would have been nice, you know, an hour ago. I was going through with all this crap. Uh, the games that have upgrades, when you go to start them, they're like, hey, you want to upgrade? And <laughs> I'm like, yeah. And it's like, all right, here's a 60 gig download. And it's like, oh, shit. <laughs> well, fuck that. Uh, Gears 5 did that. Uh, I let it go. I was like, I'm pretty sure I don't own this. This is on Game Pass. So I shouldn't play this here, but the update stayed in the update area, and it wouldn't disappear even after I deleted the game. Mm. So I was like, "How? How is this working?" So I started the the download. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was like, "Okay, maybe I can just cancel it here because it says uninstall." When you do that, mm. and it's like, "Oh," and they disappeared, and then a few minutes later, it came back. The update. I'm like, what the mm. fuck is going on? So I have it started downloading. It's now to the point where I can play it, but I had to do this show. I don't want it downloading. But then uh, the Xbox OS happened where I picked pause all, and then it seemed to pause, but then it's like, oh, it'll be ready in four hours, you know, 24 minutes or whatever. And it's like, oh, this motherfucker's still trying to download, even though I said pause all of these damn downloads. <laughs> uh, so I click pause all again because it still was that option. Uh, and other stuff just started saying queued, like it was ready to download, then started downloading. It's like, oh, you want to install this on your external drive? It's like, what the fuck? I've only hit pause yeah. on this thing. And it's just, ah, oh, it's super annoying. Yeah. It runs better than, you, than it did on Xbox One or Xbox One X, but God, all the, the fucking annoyances are still there. Uh, and the other thing I noticed is if you pause all of the queues, because basically once I got it cleared out, I was like, oh, I'm going to start downloading a bunch of stuff. It had like 150 or so items on it. So if you hit pause all, when you go to resume, it just randomizes the entire list. So all the games that had DLC, that was nicely you know, uh, listed right after it. It's all just completely randomized. So I looked at the games that seemed to have finished downloading. It's like, all right, I have to I'm just going to go and say, download this now uh, for all the DLC, which is like the, the crew and the pinball effects stuff and some other things. Mm. And even trying to push that up to the top was annoying. Sometimes it just ignore me. Other times it would move up. I go back down to push something else up and it would just keep resetting my position back to the top. So it's like, you know, a list that's like 120, 130 items long. And it constantly keeps refresh, uh, resetting you to the top is super annoying. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was annoying. And I found occasionally when it, if I had the options menu on, uh, you know, we can choose like cancel or start downloading or whatever. Uh, when it resets you, it just stayed there. You couldn't hit anything to exit uh, mm. any of the buttons or anything. It like froze that menu on there. I had to hit the Xbox button to pull up the the mini guide. Uh, and that would cancel it. It's like just all these little touches just are not there on that thing. 
Mm. Maybe it's better on the Series X. I don't know. I don't really need a Series X because I have a PC. I can play the vast majority of the games that'll be on that on the PC. So I don't really need it. But yeah, this experience hasn't been great. But mm. it's kind of just familiar as well because this is what the Xbox One X was like. Mm-hmm. So like it's almost like oh, finally this is something that's that is uh, not surprising. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> It's familiar, I guess. So they're kind of just doing exactly what the original uh, Xbox One consoles did. Now it just looks a little better. So, yeah, that's that's been kind of the Series S experience, which is like it's all right. Uh, there's mm-hmm. not much like new stuff to play, and yeah, like I can't even play Rocket League and Fortnite on it because that requires a gold subscription to play. Even though I can do that on my PS4 or PS5 and PC just fine without a sub. Uh, so yeah, it's it's in a weird spot. Microsoft still has work to do on that stuff. So hopefully they do do that, but yeah, that's uh, that's that. I'm kind of just wanting to get all this stuff downloaded so I can be like, alright, no more dealing with this bullshit. I can just play stuff. Uh, but for now, it's just downloading and that's frustrating because you can't just Count on just downloading things in the order that was there. Who knows what the order is going to be? I've had games that were downloading like halfway, hit pause because I had to do something else real quick. Mm-hmm. I came back, just put another part of the list. Just screw the thing that you spent, you know, an hour or two downloading. Uh, just yeah, just, which is whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, also, play more Rocket League. Uh, mm-hmm. I have almost all of the uh, missions done for the for. Uh, Frosty Fest. Like the last one I have is to get assists, which is a bit tougher than uh, it, sh- it would normally be, just because I'm playing a lot of uh, I was playing a lot of casual matches, which the, the skill level of your teammates is all that is all over the place, so who knows. But yeah, mm-hmm. it's uh, still fun. Still going along on that. Played more Grindstone. I got into the, the second area, mm-hmm. and that's been pretty fun. But, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's just moving along right now. Mm. So it's uh, still a lot of fun for a puzzle game. And uh, I've also been playing some Tesla vs. Lovecraft. Mm. Uh, I realized that that one I had, like, two more trophies to get for the Platinum. Mm. I was like, well, I'll try and knock these out. Uh, and so the way the campaign works is you're essentially going through different, like, planes of reality. Mm-hmm. Uh, since it's tying into the, the Lovecraft universe. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you have, like, your... I've, I've gotten through the first two, which is kind of just playing through these stages. Uh, and then the third set is where, you know, the enemies are tougher. Uh, bosses are tougher, all that kind of stuff. You have a lot less leeway to do things. Mm. And uh, it has been pretty tough so far. Uh, oftentimes, just you got to do things right from the start and mm. uh, get off to a good start or else you're going to have to you're going to die at some point and have to just rethink what you're doing, which is not too bad when it's like a five minute level. So I may be halfway through this set of stages, but yeah, it's, uh, it's still a lot of fun. It's just kind of playing through these tougher stages where it's like, Oh, Hey, there's going to be like a very hard boss at the end of this stage, but you have to survive to that point uh, as well as hope to get the right kind of perks 
and such that uh, make your character more durable than they are. Mm-hmm. So it's like playing on playing through the campaign on hard mode, essentially, uh, with the way it's set up. So that's been pretty much it for me. Brandon, how about you? Uh, yeah, I'm still playing Cyberpunk 2077. Um, and obviously, we're going to have a lot to say about that game in just a little bit. Um, but I do want to say... Um, I keep wanting to come back and play that game for extended periods of time, no matter how frustrated the bugs may get me, because when the game, everything goes right in the game, it's fantastic. Um, like, it's a legitimately, uh, the bones of the game are legitimately great. Amazing, even. But those bugs are, well, we're, we're going to get into it. Um, but. You know, now that they put out um, the hot fix, the latest hot fix that came out Friday, I think it was, was it Thursday or Friday? I think it was Friday evening. Um, that fixed a lot of the really, uh, most of like really egregious stuff, including um, getting rid of the, the love like fire bug that I had talked about. So I'm actually in act two of the game now. Um, the, uh, it's and you know the the characters are quite good um you know the writing is really good it, you know it's it's it, everything about the game you know that you know the developers obviously worked really hard on is good but yeah i am still having some buggy issues i'm still uh, occasionally coming across uh you know npcs whose textures have not completely finished loading so they're all blocky um, I am, I, I'm one of the biggest issues that I probably be like next on the block of fixes is, uh, audio delay. Um, so the game has this sort of, uh, this mechanic where when you're having like conversations and stuff, you know, you can speed it up along, you know, if you, you know, want, if you, you know, if you just want to like read or, you know, if you just want to like read the dialogue and then, you know, go on to the next piece or if you just you know maybe you've already gone through this part already and just want to skip through it the problem though is that if you do this there's a very good chance that it's going to end up delaying the audio for the next part of the game uh for the next like portion the next conversation that you're having um and that means that uh, you'll end up having uh, dialogue sort of collide with each other and even, like, say at the same time. It's, uh, it's, a, little, it's, uh, it's a little infuriating, I'll give you that much. Um, but, uh, you know, the, it, it's mostly, it's, you know, like, a lot of it is definitely much better than it was out of the box. Um, which was so buggy that you legitimately cannot finish the game. Um, yeah. But, uh, yeah, we'll be talking, which we will be talking about in a little bit. Um, yeah. But uh, other than that, yeah, I'm still doing AI Dungeon. So, yeah, that's it. All right. So, yeah, we will uh, talk about a range of things uh, today, but... The first thing we have to address the elephant in the room. It's the Cyberpunk 2077 saga. Mm-hmm. We've got nine stories here because it is generating yep. nine stories worth of uh, 
crazy stuff that has yep. been happening. Uh, we'll start with the first one here. Mm-hmm. Which uh, is that uh, basically because the game is such a buggy mess out of the box, CD Projekt Red actually had to give a formal written apology <laughs> publicly um, and post yeah. it on like Twitter and Facebook and wherever. Um, In that yellow, uh, yellow-backed uh, messaging that they've been using, yeah, still for some reason, at because a it's point, thematic. Yeah, but now it's just a meme. People yeah, literally using, like, putting messages in yellow backgrounds to say mm-hmm. anything. It's just, it's become a joke at this point. Which, yeah. of course, people found a tweet of theirs from like two years ago. Mm-hmm. So I was like, "Oh, is it going to have memes? Memes are the future." And it's like, "This whole game will be a meme." Well, it's the official council. Right. Like, <laughs> like, well, okay. The guy even responded, you know, the other day, being like, "Well, I guess you guys were right." Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, saying first of all, we'd like to start by apologizing to you for not showing the game on base last gen consoles before it premiered, and in consequence, not allowing you to make a more more informed decision about your purchase. Should have paid more attention to making it play better on PS4 and Xbox One. Second, we'll fix bugs and crashes and improve the overall experience. The first round... To their credit, they have been doing. Yeah. uh, The first round of updates have just been released. The next one's coming within seven days. Yeah, that's the the latest hotfix that came out Friday. Yeah. uh, Expect more as we will update frequently whenever new improvements are ready. After the holidays, we'll continue working and we'll release two large patches, starting with patch number one in January. This will be fo- followed by patch number two in February. Together, these should fix the most prominent problems gamers are facing on last-gen consoles. We'll be informing you about the contents of each patch ahead of their release. Mm-hmm. They won't make the game on last-gen look like it's running on a high-end PC or next-gen console, but it'll be closer to the experience that it is now. Finally, we would always like everyone to, who buys our game to be satisfied with their purchase. We'd appreciate it if you would give us a chance, but if you're not pleased with the game on your console and don't want to wait for updates, you're going to have to refund your copy. For purchase, uh, for copies purchased digitally, please use the refund system of PSN or Xbox, respectively. For box versions, please, please first try to get a refund at the store where you bought your game. If it does not be possible, please contact us at you know, their email. We will do our best to help you. Starting from today, you can contact us for a week up until December 21st, 2020, which that's not a long time uh, for people to decide if they are, you know, fed up or not. Yeah. Uh, so in PS, PS, PC gamers will also be getting regular updates and fixes, improving the game. Yeah. For record, apparently I've talked to people who've played it on PC, and apparently the PC version is also buggy, but not to the extent as it is on consoles. Yeah, but it still has, we got a story here about yeah, we're uh, which we're fixing bugs. Uh, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. You'll notice that uh, they make it seem like they've done some sort of special deal to uh, with Microsoft and Sony about you know opening up the refunds, mm. and they admitted, uh, let's see here on Tuesday that no, they didn't really do anything like that. They just want you to use the the normal refund systems. So now they've sent a bunch of people that are angry about the the quality of the game they've gotten to deal with while the, that message would lead you to believe, like if you have any problems, you'll be able to get a refund. Yeah. Sony literally had to add 
to their refund policy a completely new policy specifically for this game. And that is, Microsoft uh, and Sony were allowing some refunds, others were not. It was kind of just mixed whether you could get it or not. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, uh, it's uh, it's probably a, a big catalyst for not talking to Microsoft. And so it's like, hey, we've messed up here. It's our bad. We'll take on all the, the costs and such to have anybody here that needs it, you know, to get a yeah. refund. Yeah. Just like, I just yell at these people. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cause it's not their fault for anything, yeah. but yeah, it's, it's not, they're not handling the PR on this very well. No, uh, at all. And nope. they also admitted that they ignored the signs that uh, these uh, last gen versions were not uh, really ready for launch. Well, actually we uh, need to correct that a little bit. The corporate board of directors were the ones that admitted that yeah. they ignored the science. The developers were the ones telling them the whole goddamn time, yeah. this shit well, ain't ready. Well, the people that are saying these things are the CEOs and yeah. all that. So the people in charge who yeah. are the ones that Again, say corporate. Greenlit, yeah, the ones yeah. who greenlight a release. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, this is uh, like a, there's they a, a they had like a, 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 a like a whole Zoom conference. Yeah, they uh, between, had an investor call with their yeah. investors, and I guess some fans were in there as well, but uh, you can go read it if you want. It's not too long, mm-hmm. uh, the transcript. But yeah, they talked about, let's see, the game launched, quote, way below expectations. Yeah. Uh, saying that management had ignored the signals, that more time was needed to make sure Cyberpunk 2077 was ready for the base PlayStation 4 and Xbox One platforms. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was the wrong approach and against our business philosophy. On top of that, during the campaign, we showed the game mostly on PCs. Yeah. It's like you released it so that it had to have been part of your business philosophy. Mm-hmm. Uh, we definitely did not spend enough time looking at PlayStation 4 and Xbox One performance. Uh, you know, that's why Cyberpunk 2077 wasn't shown running on PlayStation 4 and Xbox One before release. Uh, they said the reason we didn't show the game on PlayStation 4 and Xbox One is that we were updating the game on last-gen consoles until the very last minute, which obviously... Obviously. And we thought we'd make it in time. Unfortunately, the result in giving it to reviewers just one day before release, which was definitely too late, and the media didn't get the chance to review it properly. Yeah. As not intended, and we were just fixing the game until the very last moment, which is like, that should be a sign. Yeah. We don't release this. Yeah. Uh, It's it's fine to go... Yeah, it's fine. If you want to go ahead and release the PC version, you know, that's fine. Because, you know, the PC version is still buggy, but you can still fix it. Yeah. And, you know, it's nowhere near the mess that it is on consoles. But, you know, and I mean, that that used to be, you know, CD Projekt Red's philosophy anyway. They'd release the PC version first, and then the the console versions would come out a couple months later. Um, The Witcher 3 was not... Like that, yeah. That was the first Witcher one that they wrote. Quite a bit later. Yeah, that was the first time they actually did a complete all systems release. Yeah, but and again, I want to emphasize, it was the developers that were telling them this whole time, this thing ain't ready. Yeah, try and put this out. You are going to screw our. Which reputation. I like seeing their messages. Are like we take the the blame for all this. It's like no shit, you do. Yeah, they did the work you asked them to. Up to the point mm. you said, "Hey, this is ready to go." 
Yeah. Uh, and I'm looking at so, the Metacritic right now. It's 87 on PC. PS4, Xbox One are the same. It's 55. Yeah. Which that's a, a huge drop. There's one green review for the consoles. Mm-hmm. And it still says the troubled launch and shoddy state of last gen versions will hurt nobody more intensely than the artists and developers. Uh, you know, that kind of stuff. It's not yeah. even being like, oh, this is such an amazing game. It's no, it's very much in the context of all the flaws. Yeah. The game is great in spite of its flaws, but some of those bugs are so bad that you literally cannot play it. Like, and again, I want to emphasize once again, this was all corporate's fault. Yeah. I want to ram that into people's heads as much as I possibly can. The developers yeah. were doing everything they were supposed to do. They were telling all the people higher ups that the issue was and the time they were going to need to fix it. And corporate did nothing because they saw dollar signs and they just wanted to get this out so they could take advantage of the COVID quarantine shit. Yeah. Yeah. Very much seeing their pre-order numbers being like, well, we could pretty much make even. Which is what they ended up doing. Cost. Yeah. Yeah. But maybe not now. Now they've yeah. had a bunch of copies, but mm-hmm. yeah, that was, uh, that's the part that it seems very like you shouldn't be making decisions based on pre-order numbers. Mm-hmm. You should make it on the state of the game. Mm-hmm. Um, but then they follow this up by explicitly when people are getting responses back from their email uh, mm-hmm. system. They're saying like, uh, if you're on PS4, uh, maybe just wait. Uh, yeah. Which no details on anything to tell us like what the next thing would be here, but very much saying either like don't bother, or we might have an update like to fix the game or something. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But they did that. So again, this is the fourth story of nine here. We still got more to go. Then the big bombshell hit on Thursday night. Yeah, Sony uh, put out a tweet saying that. Uh, SIE strives to ensure a high level of customer satisfaction. Therefore, we will begin to offer a full refund for all gamers who have purchased Cyberpunk 2077 via PlayStation Store. SIE will also be removing Cyberpunk 2077 from PlayStation Store until further notice. Yep. Once we have confirmed that you purchased Cyberpunk 2077 via uh, PlayStation Store, we'll begin processing your refund. Please note that completion of the refund may vary based on your payment method and financial institution. Yep. They're saying, like, yeah. Because uh, mm-hmm. like I said... Fun, get it? Yeah, because like I said, out of the box, this game cannot even be completed. Yeah. Because there are one or two bugs in there that are so bad that you actually cannot progress. Well, imagine you if them. you're a person with you know, bad or no internet that's playing exactly. the disc version. The mm-hmm. base version that's on that disc. No updates. Yep. Which I assume people it's, will probably try and do that and show off, like, what's the version you can play yeah. without any updates? Yeah. What is For the that? record, I bought, I bought a physical copy. I got mine from yeah. GameStop. I don't intend on, uh, you know, trading it back in at any time because I want to see how they progress on this. Um, yeah. And, you know, plus, I mean, the game came with some neat stuff, so. Um, yeah. But, yeah, it's... That that right there is basically the the final like that like that's about as bad as it can get. Yeah, 
you know, keep in mind, this is PSN, and, you know, they've let some real shit on that platform in the past. Yeah, they've uh, been flexible with refunds when they get more complaints than usual. Yeah. Uh, like Fallout 76 and some other stuff, they've been fine with doing more, be more lenient on the refunds when mm-hmm. they can recognize, like, oh, there's some sort of underlying issue here, not just people being, you know, picky. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, the net followed up on Friday with uh, Xbox doing the same thing, not delisting it, but uh, opening up the refunds. And they put like a little disclaimer that's kind of not really a thing. It's just like, oh, it might have worse performance uh, on the Xbox One. Mm-hmm. So keep that in mind and maybe wait for an update to mm. fix that. It's like, that's not really a statement of anything. Because I would assume most people that are playing the, buying the game now know something is up with this game. So yeah, that uh, Xbox did that. Best Buy also opened up their refunds uh, a bit. Let's see. Yeah, refund physical copies of Cyberpunk 2077 in-store or via mail through December 21st. So that same date that uh, CD Projekt Red put out on their email requests which is tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Uh, that also includes the collector's edition, but you obviously need to bring all the extra stuff with it mm-hmm. uh, on that. And yeah, even CD project itself uh, on GOG. Uh, well, and elsewhere, I guess are also being more lenient with their refunds on that stuff as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, even if you have a physical version and maybe the can't return it for whatever reason, mm-hmm. they will do their best to, uh, give you a refund of some way. I don't know how you would do that, like where you would mail in the physical copy. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's like, there's not so much details on that. I guess you would get it from the uh, emails they give you. But mm-hmm. yeah, that's a lot of confusion there, how you're going to deal with all that. But mm. yeah, that's uh, it's not great to have that kind of spread throughout. I think GameStop was one that was like, we're not taking any refunds. We need this money. Yeah, uh, we can't. We can't give anything back if they're not going to trade it in. Yeah. But yeah, that's uh, that's that. That's that's all the. Hey, if you bought it, whoops. Uh, if you want your money back, we'll maybe give it to you. Mm-hmm. Uh, then we get the 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 fallout of all this. Oh Which boy! One is yes. that the uh, the management were having a like meeting? video meeting uh, mm-hmm. with uh, developers and all that such. And the devs really laid into them. Oh, yeah. It was like, like I said, they were the ones telling me, look, we told you, this thing is not ready to go yet. Yeah. You know, we, we need more time. You're not, you know, and I mean, COVID has also screwed up the schedule too because we're all having to work at home and we're not able to coordinate with each other as well as we could. But he's like, no, no, no. We kept telling you, you put this out, you're going to screw our reputation. Yeah. And then there, and people are going to blame us when we're yeah. the ones doing everything as we're supposed to. Even crunching, which is something you said you would never do, make us do. Yeah. Yeah. You uh, were even, you were even, you were even threatening screwing us out of our bonuses because of how the game would review. Yeah. And it was smart of them to opt out of that stuff. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, there's some some choice moments mentioned in here, like one developer suggesting it was hypocritical to develop a game about corporate exploitation with the help of mandatory overtime. Yeah, that's uh, kind of like what happened with with Red Dead Redemption 2. It's, uh, weirdly enough, thematically quite relevant. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, that's uh, a wild thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, see, they said... Uh, Studio directors said they had plans to improve production practices in the future, but didn't elaborate. You know, I have an idea. How about they fire the? How about I have an idea? How about they fire the whole damn board of directors and replace them? Because you're the pricks who caused this problem. Yeah, that's going to be interesting to see how the fallout is. But uh, I'm be sad if the like next big shareholders meeting, the board of directors ends up facing like a. A vote of no confidence. Maybe. Because, yeah, okay. after all this stuff started happening, their uh, stocks tanked. Mm-hmm. Like maybe about half of what they were. Mm-hmm. Uh, which, for a game that you initially made all your money back to go to half of your uh, value is not... is a bit of a dive. Yeah. It says some very bad shit that, you know... Easily preventable by just not putting it out until next year mm-hmm. uh, and getting it out, you know, when you get those new updates mm-hmm. coming, uh, especially for the new consoles. Then they followed up. Uh, there may be some class action lawsuits in the works in Poland and in the U.S. See, now this, I'm not exactly sure how I feel about it, because if this class action lawsuit does go through and CD Projekt Red has to pay for it, I'm afraid that's going to end up, they'll try to find a way to make that money come out of the developer's pocket. Yeah, I don't know. But yeah, like this it, if for, they do go through with this, they need to have like the judge stipulate where this money is going to come from. Yeah. Uh, and to be clear, this isn't for the quality of the game that consumers are getting. Mm-mm. This is for uh, investors who feel like uh, the management of CD Projekt Red were not as forthcoming as they should have been about the quality of the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, leading to the point where like, they've lost half their money mm-hmm. that was invested into the company. Yep. Uh, which very much is a, you know, a rich person's crime for the most part for probably mm-hmm. most of these people. I don't know if the employees also have stock in the company. If that's I'm sure a, a few of them probably do. Yeah, if there's like a, a stock buying program for them. Yeah, like there is for a lot of companies. Uh, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's like an option you can have in Poland. So yeah, so yeah, even the developers would be very annoying, mm. very annoyed by their actions, uh, leading to them probably having to crunch more to get these updates out. Oh yes, uh, definitely. The, the next gen versions ready to go. Yeah. Uh, on top of you know dealing with. You know, potentially less money, less bonus money for them. Yeah. So that's something that, like, uh, lawyers are looking into in Poland in the U.S. and mm. decide if that's something worth going after or not. So that'll be something for another day. Like, okay, maybe maybe the bulk of the news is out. Uh, nothing else could really go wrong. And then you find out today... Uh, that GOG is advising Cyberpunk 2077 players to maybe not uh, pick up too many items because they could corrupt their save files. Yeah, that's bad. 
That's, that's very a, bad. That's a Skyrim issue right there. Yeah. Uh, and I've seen somebody uh, on their, I think their forums, I'm on their forums, basically saying like, hey, uh, it looks like if your save file gets over like eight megabytes, uh, it could become corrupted, like permanently corrupted mm-hmm. uh, and un- unrecoverable. Uh, that they might fix this in the future, but if you corrupt it before then, it won't be recoverable. Mm-hmm. It has something to do with like every item you pick up has like a item number to it. Yeah. Uh, even if you pick up multiples of the same items, like say dildos, mm-hmm. I've heard they're all over the place. Yeah. Uh, there, there's like there, there, there's like another uh, thing that's com- there's like another update is coming where they're going to be like shrinking the number of that stuff. Yeah, less dildos. Like, like I get, I get the, I get the like thematic idea behind it because you know Night City is a really skeezy place. But uh, everybody just buys dildos like we buy plastic cups or something. I don't know. Use them oh, once and throw them out, yeah. like that kind of thing. Yeah, which is disgusting in any way you think about it. Yeah, that people. But Night City is a very gross and disgusting place to live in. Yeah, so it makes sense that people but, uh, enjoy using them, but not reusing them yeah. as much as they should. Or I don't know. It's it's a weird thing when you try and figure out the lore context for that part. Well, uh, basically, the thing is, there's like a bunch of like random items and shit you can pick up during the game that you can sell yeah. for cash. Um, there's like a there's like a specific uh, vending thing that you can go to where you can sell. They're usually like they're usually very close by to like any major area, and you can just go there and you can like sell any of your like excess weapons or armor. Or, you know, any of your, any of the junk you've collected yeah, for cash. So, yeah. So I think, (laughs) I think the thing is that this, uh, uh, even if you get multiples of the same items, they get their own individual numbers. Mm -hmm. And so it just keeps counting up with each new item you add to your inventory. Mm -hmm. And at a certain point it reaches a number that the, the, the engine just doesn't recognize anymore. And thus it can't, grab anything you're playing, and then it just gets corrupted. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is not a great thing. Yeah. Uh, you you can't make an RPG where you can't hoard items. Mm-hmm. Especially because I believe there are aspects of that game based around crafting and all that. And that's what you need to do when you're crafting, is collect items and hoard them. Because you're looking to get certain upgrades and such out of them. So yeah, that's uh, that's like a little nice cherry on top Mm-hmm. Uh, that seems like it's probably people think that's just a PC only issue, but it could be just console. Uh, I don't. Th- well, I don't but... think it is. Um, I haven't had that issue. Not uh, yet, at least. Well, yeah, I, I mean, yeah, at least not yet. Size of your save, but uh, yeah. So that might be one minor win for console people. Mm-hmm. It might just be finally the PC people have an issue. Yeah, I like know, finally but... we can say, hey, PC you get to breathe the sigh of relief. Yeah, <laughs> uh, we finally got to win one. Yeah, we finally mm. have an issue that's not plaguing us. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, that's that's the big shit show of the week. Uh, oh boy! And yeah, and, I already um, have our title picked out for this episode. Yeah, and is, like I want to repeat again, uh, that the transcript they've got of that investors call. If you get it, uh, spread it far and wide because yeah. you need to show. 
who is responsible for all of this. Yeah. Um, it is not the developers. The developers were doing everything they were supposed to. Yeah, it's not the platform holders because mm-hmm. CERT doesn't protect you from bad games. Yeah. Uh, it just basically says corporate. this most likely isn't going to break your system. And yeah. even then, there still could be edge cases because, you know, they obviously can't test it on all the different kinds of, you know, external hard drives you could have it on or TVs or cables you could use, all that kind of stuff. Uh, mm-hmm. And so it's up to the publisher to say, hey, this is ready to go once mm-hmm. you get the green light. And CD Projekt should have not yeah. had the green lights yet. No. So, hey, we'll take the the loss for the next few months. Yeah. Put this out when it's ready to go so that everybody can have a good yeah. uh, experience. Remember, I want to remind people, CD Projekt Red is not just solely developer. It is first and foremost has always been a publisher. It is CD Projekt and then CD Projekt Red. Yeah, CD Projekt Red is the developer group, but CD Projekt itself is the owner of GOG, which is, you know, good old games, and they rake in the cash hand over fist every year. They've worked hard to build up their reputation, and they've blown it here in like a week and a half. Yeah. Uh, Big time, so people just be side-eyeing the next time they hit them up for money. Yeah. Now, again, I'm going to say I'm not going to sell my copy yet, because... In spite of all the flaws, I do really like the game, and I think the developers, when their work is shown and actually works, you know, uh, yeah. it's amazing. Yeah. Um, and I do want to see like how the how work on this game progresses over the next few weeks. Um, yeah, that's but, everybody is going to be checking and checking yeah. stuff out. Um, and uh, the thing is, though. If if you do get me a re- if I do put in a review for this game, it's going to be like after Christmas, obviously. But yeah. you know, th- this is one of those cases where it's like this isn't a thing where you can blame the developer for like bad design choices or anything. This is yeah. uh, an odd situation where corporate forced them to put out a product that wasn't ready to go yet, and. Yeah. So, and I mean, scoring this thing is going to be weird, is what I'm going to say. Yeah. And a product they hadn't fully shown yet. Yeah. So all we've seen is the PC version, which looked pretty good. Yeah. But it wasn't the complete experience, even on that platform, nope. that people expected. Mm-hmm. So I've seen videos of the game on uh, PC, even people just driving a bike, and it just goes to black, and they're somehow in the air just rising up to space. Yep. I've seen that like too. She's like, oh, he's, well, he's never been seen again. Yep. He died on the way to his planet, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> he uh, returned to his home planet. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, and I'm going to be getting that from Gamefly here probably the next few days. So I'm interested in checking that out. Might do a stream. Uh, yeah. Maybe just, Thursday nights or something. Just like, yeah, just what is let, this game? Let's yeah. see what this is. Just uh, go ahead and let the patches do everything first. Just yeah. trust me on that one. But yeah, like if you is, if uh, you do want to like give a, an idea of like a small portion of like what uh, this looks like, like it looks like before the patches, you can do that just to screw around. But yeah, yeah, you, you're gonna want to get those patches first. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's the thing I've said before: is like don't put developers on a pedestal like they're gods. Yeah. They're just people. They make mistakes like everybody else. 
and you'll become more accepting of when they make small mistakes, like, oh, this didn't quite come together like I wanted it to. It's not, you know, it's not their last game, you know, squared in terms mm-hmm. of quality, like that kind of thing. Now, when it comes to like stuff like this, you know, you should be angry if you yeah. purchased it, especially if you're expecting, like, they were hyping it up as, like, the greatest thing ever. As a lot of people are expecting, it's like definitely be angry, but you know, know that the people worked on this. Yeah, and that uh, the people who actually did like the actual developing are not, you know, they're not the ones you should be angry at. They were doing everything they were supposed to. Yeah, it was all corporate. Yeah, which I like some of the Kotaku articles we have here. Like they kept mentioning billionaire co CEO, you know, so and so. Yeah. Just make sure to let you know he's the guy with the money. Yeah, it's uh, not the developers. They're they're not your they, you know, this is, they are not the villain in this. <laughs> yeah. It's uh Yeah. QA did it's not QA's fault. They probably found most of those bugs. Mm-hmm. And the the higher up said, Ah, this is okay. Yeah. We'll get this fixed. Uh it won't be that bad. You know, most people won't see this, you know, whatever. But yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how this goes mm-hmm. for the next two months. Oh, yeah. That's when we're expecting the two big updates where you're like, maybe you should have held off until February. Yeah. Or March. Maybe March. Hell I'd, hell, I'd wait for March. I mean, again, this is CD Projekt Red. They make good shit. Yeah, I'm like, willing Witcher to wait. Witcher 3 wasn't perfect at launch either, but it wasn't. Uh, nowhere near this bad. <laughs> it's just like, uh, there's like an area that just runs like shit on consoles. Yeah. But, you know you would still have fun up until that point. Yeah. Uh, mostly. And you're like, occasionally like your horse would be on a roof. It's like, whatever, that's fallout. Yeah. It's fallout, like, oh, Skyrim that's kind of fun. About, see, now that's just funny. Yeah. Like all of a sudden, Oh, I'm, my horse is somehow galloping on the top of this church. Uh, yeah. you know what? This is actually kind of funny. I, I can roll with this. And it's like, that's ah, a horse. I can whistle it. and It'll find its way off. Yeah. It's not going to die. It's not gonna be like red dead where you can kill your horses. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, that stuff's kind of okay. You can deal with that and be like, okay, they're going to fix it. Yeah. Uh, but not not this where it's... So bad that you like, actually played, cannot progress through the game. Yeah. Or people I've seen the play, like, oh, I played 20 hours and it's crashed 10 times. It's like, Jesus Christ. Yeah. Uh, and I've, I've played buggy games. I played through Just Cause 3 on consoles. That ran poorly. It was mm-hmm. a terrible experience. It just ran poorly. I've played through Assassin's Creed on PS3, the mm-hmm. original game. And I'm like, I dealt with that because like, Assassin's Creed was a unique experience at that time. Uh, and it was also hilarious that in like the final sequence, they put every NPC in the town outside a door, so <laughs> the game ran at single digits. <laughs> where it's like, what were you expecting to happen when you did this? Yeah. This is more hilarious uh, than anything. Uh. uh <laughs> Whereas with CD Projekt Red, like it's not a wholly unique experience. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it seems like it's kind of a little bit of Fallout meets like a little bit of Deus Ex, mm. uh, and it's like okay, that's that's neat. It's not a unique experience, but it's something neat, especially at this kind of scale they're trying to go for. And mm-hmm. yeah, it's a little undercooked. Yeah, when you undercook food, it can go real bad. Yeah, so that's the. The Cyberpunk 2077 saga for this week. Let's get to something positive here. 
Nintendo's yes. Indie World Showcase where there's hope and positivity uh, for the near term and the future. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I got things in here in the order that it was shown in the, the presentation. So they opened up with Spelunky 2 coming to Switch summer 2021 and also revealed that Spelunky, the first game, is also coming to the Switch mm-hmm. around the same time frame. Uh, time frame. Uh, those are very good games. People should check them out if they haven't played them before. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. Fist of Fluffs. This is like a <laughs> cat fighting game. It's a I very weird it. looking game, but yeah, it's like your actual cats like knocking stuff over onto, onto the other cats, fighting each other like 3D fighter, like arena fighter kind of thing. Very silly, very cute. Uh, I think mm-hmm. it is a launch exclusive for Spring 2021. So it was very, very valet. Early 2021, that is kind of, you know, you're a valet. People give you their cars, and you can go and park them, or you can Ferris Bueller them and take them out for joyrides, I guess, around this town. Uh, I think it's a little bit crazy taxi-ish, kind of. Uh, but you're taking other people's cars to parking spots. Uh, you can play with up to three other people. And that is, uh, yeah, timed exclusive, early 2021. Uh, there's Tunche, mm-hmm. which is a uh, like 2D beat 'em up. Mm. Uh, some really great art style to it if you look at it. It's uh, set in the Amazon rainforest. Mm. Uh, it has a, a crossover with A Hat in Time, so the, the the hat kid from that game is in this, mm-hmm. uh, as well with the I think the other three characters they have. Yeah, yeah it's kind of set in like the, the Peruvian portion of the Amazon rainforest, so mm-hmm. a lot of uh, story and such built around like legends and folklore from that area. Mm-hmm. So you can get that. I think it's a launch exclusive for March 2021. Mm. Uh, there's Cyber Shadow, uh, which you might have seen before, is a game published by uh, the Shovel Knight developers. Uh, so that is, uh, you're like a cyber ninja. Mm-hmm. You know, kind of a Ninja Gaiden as kind of action game, but uh, probably a little bit easier, I assume. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it looks really neat, and if you have one of the Shovel Knight amiibos, you can uh, do that to get like a little uh, like fairy friend following you yeah. from one of the games, one of the Shovel Knight games. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that'll be out January 26th. Not exclusive, I think it's on all the consoles. Mm. So you can check that out. Uh, there's Calico, which is a game where you are running a cat cafe. Yep. Uh, some magical girls, cat cafes, cuddly animals, all that kind of stuff. Very much that kind of anime mm-hmm. uh, style to it. Uh, that is out now. Might also be out on PC as well. So you can check that out in a few different areas. There's Alba, a wildlife adventure, which is from the studio behind Monument Valley. And it's kind of a, I don't know if it's open world, but you're kind of a kid who is able to yeah, Alba, when she visits her grandparents on a Mediterranean island, mm-hmm. and she kind of finds animals around and can recruit people to help her uh, help animals, sick animals, mm-hmm. clean up the wilderness, save the island, that kind of stuff. Uh, so that'll be spring 2021. Uh, there's Noja, G-N-O-S-I-A. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is, is a VN, a visual novel. It mm-hmm. looks like it's very much like Among Us, mm-hmm. uh, in a sense. So it's like a sci-fi adventure game where you are on a spaceship that has been overtaken by aliens who can take the form of humans, and you're kind of talking to the people on the ship. 
yeah. trying to figure out who the alien is. Yeah. Uh, as you talk to them, and it's it seems fairly replayable from what they were talking about. You could play it uh, a bunch of different times and try and figure out who it is. Uh, mm-hmm. it changes up each time, so you get a fair bit of uh, replayability with that. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's Happy Game, which is from Amanita Design. And makers of a lot of weird little adventure games. Oh yeah, uh, and this is their new one. Uh, and unlike the name, uh, it seems very kind of built around uh, your character solving like unnerving puzzles and unsettling songs and face-to-face encounters with suspicious smiley faces mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Uh, that'll be out spring 2021. Mm. See, Super Meat Boy Forever. We saw that at the Game Awards. It announced for December 23rd for Epic Game Store. Mm-hmm. And it's also coming to Switch. So you can check that out there. It's a launch exclusive. Uh, so you'll have that as well. Uh, out now is Grindstone. I've mentioned that I've been playing that uh, today in the, on Let's Weekends. That is a puzzle game from Capybara Games. Mm-hmm. They're really good at those. So this one's another excellent one. You might have played it on Apple Arcade. Mm-hmm. Uh, either earlier this year or last year, I don't, I don't remember time anymore on that time <laughs> frame. Uh, but it's a very good puzzle game. It's out now. I think it's fourteen ninety nine now for twenty five percent off, so you can get a little bit cheaper. And mm-hmm. it's a timed exclusive for Switch. Mm. So it's going to be coming to the other consoles a bit later. Then they went to like a little uh, montage of uh, some other indie games. There's when the Past Was Around, which looks like a little adventure game. Mm-hmm. There's Cosmic Kratz, which is like a uh, Russian-themed game. Uh, let's see, there's Hoa, which is from... I forget who this was. This is from somebody I recognized. Oh, PM mm-hmm. Studios. They made a bunch of uh, music games, typically. Mm-hmm. But this one looks like a Studio Ghibli-style like platformer, puzzle platformer. Oh, yeah. If you look at the, the screenshots there, it very much has a kind of vibe to it. Um, mm-hmm. There's Hazel Sky, which I believe I played in like a Steam demo uh, thing, which was pretty buggy then, but it was a neat little like adventure game mm-hmm. thing. And there's Trash Sailors, where it looks like you're piloting like a trash barge mm-hmm. kind of thing, uh, but you can have multiple people hanging out to shoot at trash that's on the, the sea as you're sailing around and adding to the ship, whatnot. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is a Finding Paradise. Uh, I forget what that one was. I think it's probably... I think it's... Uh, might be the new one of the new games from the... Yeah, the... The people that made To the Moon. It's like a little visual novel kind of thing. Yep. Uh, and then they ended up... Ended the, the show announcing that Among Us is indeed coming to the Switch. It's and... out now. Five bucks. Yep. And it's uh, cross-play, all that stuff. Yeah. So another way to play that game. I think since then it's been added to Game Pass on PC. Mm-hmm. So if you didn't have uh, that on PC yet, you can get that there. Mm. So you know. Yeah. Man, talk about a game that literally is like a sleeper hit. Yeah. That game literally came out of nowhere, and just and now it's everywhere. <laughs> Yeah, all because a couple of streamers on Twitch decided to check it out. Yep. People were like, oh, hey, this is pretty cool. Yeah. And they even canceled the sequel because they're like, 
well, we got the people here. Why don't we just keep working on this? Mm-hmm. Uh, instead of trying to sell them something new. Yep. So yeah, that's the, the Indie World Showcase. Pretty good show. Some nice stuff there. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's get to the rest of the show here. A bunch of news. Not too much, but still a bunch. Uh, so there's a game from Taiwan. A uh, horror game called Devotion. Yeah. You might have seen it a while back because it was going to come out mm-hmm. uh, on Steam, I think. And eventually got pulled because it has a like jokey reference to uh, the president of China, Xi Jinping. Xi Jinping, yeah. Who I think it was a Winnie Winnie the Pooh reference. Yeah, it's a Winnie the Pooh reference. So for people to know, people in China uh, made memes out of Winnie the Pooh to refer yeah. to him, mm-hmm. and he's literally so furious. Like those messages will get deleted. See, now, the actual story about that is actually a bit more muddled than I originally thought was. Because apparently, even though that seems to be policy, uh, on um, Weibo, they post shit like that all the time. So, um, They've maybe realized that that's too much work. Yeah. People have overdone it with it to the degree that they can't delete all of it. Yeah. I've also so, always wondered if, like, Xi Jinping actually has, like, said it's like, I find this very insulting, or if it's like the people who work around him are like, this is so insulting to our leader. And yeah. he just... I don't know if to- there's that much of a difference there. Yeah. Like, if it's, you know, either way it would be don't upset the leader. Yeah, it's uh, it kind of reminds me of, like, the type of shit they did with Stalin. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the it was uh, out. Of, I think they removed it at some point, but still couldn't get it up on the storefront until mm-hmm. uh, late last week, uh, the sixteenth, which would be the Wednesday. Mm-hmm. Uh, the devs, uh, what is it, Red Red Bucket? I think are the devs. Mm-hmm. Uh, they don't even mention the devs here, but I think it's Red Bucket. Uh, a Red Candle, okay, Red Candle Games. Uh, announced like, oh hey, we're uh, we're gonna be bringing this game to GOG, yeah, uh, for people's like finally getting a, a release out there. Mm-hmm. So people like horror games, especially like Asian horror games, because like they like uh, Asian horror movies, yeah, that kind of stuff. There's something a little different with that stuff uh, that you don't typically get from Western-made ones, and people are very much looking forward to sometime playing this officially, not just like mm-hmm. pirating it, playing it that yeah. way. Because they would actually like to support the devs. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then GOG followed it up like a few hours later, saying, like, earlier today it was announced that the game Devotion is coming to GOG. After receiving many messages from gamers, we have decided not to list the game in our store. Yeah, Which by many messages like, from gamers, they mean, yeah, we got a bunch of shit ton of angry Chinese in our email box. Yeah. Because, like, one, your average gamer that probably buys on GOG doesn't know this game mm-hmm. uh, much less have such a bad uh, uh, demeanor towards it. They would email or complain to GOG about it. Mm-hmm. It would have to be, you know, Chinese people whether they're affiliated with the state or not. Uh, yeah. Sending the messages. Cause those are the only ones that would have any sort of feelings one way or the other. Mm. And that's, that's the fishy thing about this. Like, I assume you guys. I assume GOG is running in uh, China. 
Mm-hmm. They probably, upon seeing this, like, oh, it might be available in China through this means, even though they've removed the the references to the to the Chinese president. Yeah, because literally, uh, it's just one like little offhand graphic that they could easily take out. So it's yeah. not like it's not like they have to go back and remake the whole thing. It's, it's like, literally it's a like texture. If, it's not like if somehow. Keanu Reeves was offensive to the Chinese people, and they have to remove him from the from cyberpunk. Yeah, it's like that would be a lot more challenging and time, uh, time consuming. Know, yeah, time consuming. Yeah. Whereas this, it's like I oh, just remove that thing, and it's fine. Mm-hmm. It was fine before. It's fine after. Whatever. It wasn't a thing that they, uh, that the game hinged on or anything. Mm-hmm. There's just obviously a reference that Taiwanese people would know. Because mm-hmm. they probably, you know, would like to make fun of uh, him. Yeah, because they're kind of sick of China shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's as is probably most of the countries in Southeast Asia. Yeah, I have it on good authority that uh, people in Vietnam are very fond of China right now. So, yeah. yeah, and yeah, so that happened. People called them out on their bullshit. They're not budging because they're the platform holder. They don't really have to do anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then, yeah, um, Megan Fox of Glass Bottom Games, not that Megan Fox. No, but, this, uh, it's a different Megan Fox, yeah. Yeah, there's lots of people with the last name Fox, and some of them are named Megan. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they are the devs of Skateboard. Yeah. Who said, yeah, we saw this, we're not a fan of the platform holder treating a fellow indie dev like this. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we're not going to release Skatebird on GOG anymore. Yeah. Which, good. Good sand. And yeah, Red Candle Games responded afterwards uh, with their own message saying, Hi, we are Red, we are Red Candle Games. Earlier, GOG has announced on its official Twitter, uh, you know, that message through, though regretful, but we are willing to understand and respect GOG's decision. For the players looking forward to Devotion's re-release, please accept our most sincere apology. It's a difficult predicament to overcome, but we won't stop striving. And so I wonder if they could get on like itch.io. Probably could. Because that seems like the most lenient indie platform out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. And it'd be a financial boon for them because, I mean, the publicity caused by this would it'd probably... Be a game, it'd be a noteworthy game that isn't noteworthy because it's, you know, like one of the, the Edgelord games. Mm-hmm. That have you know caused controversy on Steam and whatnot. No, but I think they could. And they would be able to call their shots as far as like what uh, cut they would get out of that. That's mm-hmm. one of the reasons why some smaller devs like Itch.io for others, mm-hmm. uh, and more freedom for how you handle your game. So yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if that happens at some point, but who knows? Mm-hmm. So that is uh, devotion. That's one of the other controversial things that happened this week, and I'll get to the. I think is the last one here mm-hmm. of the super negative things, uh, and that is EA Play coming to game uh, Xbox Game Pass for PC. Mm-hmm. And that wasn't that was even shown at the Game Awards during their little uh, trailer thing they had there. So I'm like, oh, the fifteenth, December fifteenth, it is coming to PC for EA Play stuff. Mm-hmm. And I was like, ooh. I even got the updates the night before, like, oh, EA Play is going to be available on December 15th. And I woke up and found this news 
saying that it's been delayed to 2021. It's like, really? <laughs> you delayed this the last possible second. Your update even said, hey, EA Play stuff is here. People found pages for some of those games on the Microsoft Store app, mm. like Spore and some other stuff. And it's like, you have to be fucking kidding me mm-hmm. with this. Uh, and yeah, so people have not been happy because some people signed up for a subscription because, hey, this is going to be available uh, soon. You know, I'm going to pay for a month and check this out. And yeah, it's not a good look on Microsoft to be so late on this announcement. Mm. Uh, I've seen some people suggest this because EA is doing their new desktop uh, client. Mm-hmm. And that's this would have tied into that somehow, maybe required you to launch that. And that's still in uh, beta and kind of rough still. But mm-hmm. it's like, then why'd you announce this for December 15th? Mm. Uh, if it still seemed like it might not happen. Mm-hmm. Like I'd rather them wait and do it when it's right. than be like, Oh, here's a date. Uh, fuck. We missed it. <laughs> you know, just do that. So that's, it's annoying. Uh, you know, PC players on game pass already feel like they're, you know, second class citizens. Mm-hmm. There's a bunch of features and such. They don't get, uh, like a lot of the quest stuff they have for that on the console uh, are not on PC. You mm-hmm. can't see any of that stuff. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of stuff like that that they just don't get. Some games are console only for a while, you know. So that's uh, that's that. It's annoying, but it seems like it's going to happen at some point. So we'll see. Mm. But uh, and uh, here we got uh, Nintendo's Doug Bowser. Uh, who kind of defends the artificial uh, expiration dates for when you can buy Super Mario 3D All-Stars and some of their other Mario stuff that's uh, going to be pulled on the 31st. Uh, basically saying it's a celebration. Uh, yeah, I think I would I use a simple word, celebration. It just, this is a celebration of Mario's 35th anniversary. We want to celebrate in unique and different ways, and we've done that through games like Super Mario 3D All-Stars, or we will be doing that through future releases such as Super Mario 3D World plus Bowser's Fury. And he went on, there are various ways that we're celebrating Mario's 35th, and with some of these titles, we felt an opportunity to release them for a limited period of time. They've done very, very well. Super Mario 3D All-Stars has sold over 2.6 million units in the U.S. alone, so clearly consumers have been able to jump in and enjoy that. And it's not strategy that we we are going to be using widely, but it's one we thought was very unique for the actual anniversary. Which is like, uh, that was a uh, a lot of ways. To, that was a bunch of words that say absolutely nothing. <laughs> yeah, it's like, well, it's working out, so who cares? Yeah, basically, uh, it's like, well, see, we sold two point six million units. It's like, yeah, because it's a thing people want. Yeah, uh, it's not a thing people want to go away. It's not like you would lose those sales if you said oh, it's going to be available for the foreseeable future. Mm-hmm. So those people would still buy it. And yeah, the... Let's see... Yeah, they also talk about Fire Emblem Shadow Dragon and the Blade of Light. Mm-hmm. It's the first Fire Emblem game in the beloved franchise, celebrating its 30th anniversary through March 2021. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're excited to offer the game localized in English for the first time to commemorate the occasion, which is also the same time that when the smartest stuff is ending, so... It's not just for Mario stuff as well. Mm-hmm. So this Fire Emblem mm-hmm. game that's 
reasonably priced at six bucks for mm-hmm. what it is. Uh, so yeah, that's kind of the, I guess the last of the negative news here, really. Yeah. Uh, that one's just like, uh, just say you don't fucking care to act mm-hmm. like you're celebrating this anniversary. Cause they've celebrated other anniversaries, but not pulling this kind of shit, pulling it out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, let's get to something cool you can earn in Ghost of Tsushima, uh, particularly the Legends multiplayer mode, mm-hmm. uh, which is they're doing a crossover event with uh, special uh, outfits that are homages to God of War, Rise mm-hmm. Zero Dawn, Shadow of the Colossus, and Bloodborne that you can earn by January 15th by completing a story or survival mission with each of the classes. Mm-hmm. I assume the, the outfits are one for each of the classes, so... Uh, they look pretty nice. The Bloodborne one looks really nice. It's kind of like a big furry outfit. Yeah. Uh, yeah, the Horizon Zero Dawn's the Archer outfit, which makes sense. Mm-hmm. God of War is like a big, uh, like the samurai outfit, I guess. Has like the paint on it for his uh, his red markings. Mm-hmm. Versus it being on his face. And the, yeah, the Shadow Colossus has just like the, I think it's the first Colossus. He has just a big mask covering his face with that dude's face on it. So it looks pretty nice. I'm going to have to check out that Legends mode and see how that goes. Try and get those. So there's something you can do here over the holidays. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, I guess I did lie. There was another negative thing here. Uh, <laughs> Assassin's Creed Valhalla uh, famously launched without an XP booster. That's mm-hmm. one of the big issues that people had with uh, Odyssey here uh, a couple years ago. Mm. Uh, and now they've uh, put out a booster here a few weeks later mm-hmm. uh to which people are not very happy about that yep uh selling it for about 10 bucks like the did in uh odyssey mm-hmm. uh, and the, yeah the game former here reached out to ubisoft asking like what's why was this needed mm. he said as more and more post-launch content becomes available we want to give the option to players to advance their progression mm-hmm. utilities allow players who lack the time to fully explore the world of assassin's creed valhalla to be able to acquire the game's best gear, as well as other items by accelerating their progress. For instance, these players can purchase maps that uncover some interesting locations in the world, but we'll still have to visit and play them to get their rewards. Mm-hmm. Which is like, just put that in the fucking game. Those maps. Yeah. Like, that's where you get in Odyssey. You get these little things that are like, uh, like a little riddle or something like that. Like, go here and look under you know, a bowl for you know, a special treasure. Mm-hmm. And be like, oh, I'm gonna go to the area and look for something that looks like a bowl or something and find it. You know, that kind of yeah. stuff. Yeah, they could easily do that here. The booster is. I've heard you don't really need the booster in Valhalla because it they already kind of boosted things pretty well mm-hmm. for this game. You can kind of move through it a lot more quickly than you could in Odyssey. It was just a game where you, if you could, if you had the time for it, you could just play every every little bit of quest that was in there. Mm-hmm. It would take hundreds of hours, it seems. So wild. Um, but yeah, they are doing that again. That's unfortunate, but you know, don't buy it. I would suggest that to people. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we know that the Control Ultimate Edition with the ray tracing upgrades were coming to the new consoles. Uh, they got delayed to next year. Uh, we finally have dates for when that stuff is going to happen. Mm-hmm. And uh, they put a teaser trailer out there, which very much is a teaser. It's like 30 seconds at most. It just shows them literally turning on 
uh, running it at 60 FPS, uh, then running by some glass, and be like, oh, let's turn on the ray tracing. And you see that flip on. Like, very kind of uh, a little more just pure footage than I would expect it out of a teaser trailer. Mm. But, uh, yeah, so it has the option to run at 60 FPS or have a 30 FPS mode with ray tracing. Mm-hmm. Uh, which I want to say my version on PC that has the ray tracing runs at 60, so... And mine's not like super powerful graphics card or anything. It's like a 2060 super. Mm. So it's like, I don't know why they couldn't have done 60 uh, with ray tracing. Especially as uh, Insomniac did that with uh, uh, Miles Morales. Mm-hmm. Maybe they'll add that later. But yeah, the let's see, the digital editions are going to be available on February 2nd. So Groundhog Day. Mm-hmm. And the retail release will be on March second. Which I don't know if that's going to be if that's if they're doing that to like entice people to get it digitally over retail, mm. uh, or if it's just to get it out as soon as they can. Mm-hmm. Maybe the the retail production would be taking a little longer than they than they'd like. It's possible. Uh, but yeah, that's uh, that's at least coming out here in the next couple of months. So mm-hmm. look forward to that. Get a much better version of that game. Unfortunately, they're not going to do free upgrades uh, from the base game because that's too hard for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's talk about some good news for that new Mass Effect game, Brandon. Yeah, a bunch uh, of uh, the old bunch of the vets who were uh, worked on Mass Effect One and Two are coming back to Bioware to help work on the new Mass Effect. Yep. They got the the list here. There's Derek Watts, who's the original art director for the Mass Effect series. Mm-hmm. They got Brennan uh, Holmes. Yeah, who uh, worked on Mass Effect, all three games, uh, Dragon Age Inquisition and Origins, and Andromeda. Yeah, he did a little work well as, on Andromeda. And worked all the way back at uh, Baldur's Gate days. Yep. So he is uh, kind of coming back after taking a break. Yeah. Uh, uh, these last two are Parrish Lay, the cinematic director for the Mass Effect trilogy. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he's now coming back to uh, do a lot of the same stuff for uh, the new game. Yeah, and uh, last guy is uh, Dusty Everman, uh, and yep. they were he's basically the guy who was responsible for designing the Normandy. Yeah, which that was definitely a great aspect of that game. Yeah, I mean the Normandy was itself um, was almost a character unto itself. So, yeah. Yeah, it's it was a influential thing to have. Like, oh, here's an RPG with like a base that you can go back to. Mm-hmm. Uh, so much so that I was a big part of Saints Row Four. Yeah, for some reason, uh, Normandy. Part of the fun of the Normandy was simply the. I mean, like, like a good chunk of Mass Effect of the fun was doing stuff on the Normandy. That was where all uh, you got to talk with all the other characters. They all had their own little story arcs. There was a bunch of ways you could customize it. It was just neat. It was fun. Yeah. Yeah. Especially when, uh, well, the one negative was having to go up the, the elevators. Well, which Uh, they got rid of. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that was, Occasionally, I was like, "Oh, I got to find this one person." Okay, I got to go here, down here, and then okay, mm-hmm. there they are. Then you're like, "Oh, I got to." You you had a thing where you every after every mission you did, you had to come back and see like, "Okay, mm-hmm. who's got new stuff for Daddy? Mm-hmm. Who's got who's got new stuff to talk about?" Oh, 
the lady in oh, this might have been Mass Effect Two, but uh, the the medical lady wants to get drunk. Okay, let's do this. Uh, you know, all that kind of fun stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, that's that's some good news. They're getting some noteworthy talent that at least brings some more positive vibes to that game after you know Casey Hudson left mm-hmm. right before they announced the the new thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's talk about a uh, little partnership between Xbox, PlayStation, Nintendo mm-hmm. teaming up uh, for a commitment to safe gaming. Mm-hmm. Uh, what that means is like making uh, like online play and social gaming on their consoles a better experience, less toxic, all that kind of stuff. Uh, the Xbox news site has uh, a nice little article that kind of goes into these three big focuses and what they're working together on, uh, which are prevention, partnership, and responsibility. Uh, The prevention bucket is designed to let parents make the best choices for their kids, stop bad experiences before they happen, via parental controls, tools, services, and more, give parents the proper resources to help make informed choices about what their kids are playing, what kinds of potential experiences that children could have with other players in the environment is important. In addition, this category includes enforcing rules and conditions to make sure that violators are dealt with. Which is definitely a big part. Mm-hmm. Uh, the partnership category relates to how the industry works in law enforcement, regulators, trade organizations, and other governing bodies and communities. Mm-hmm. Share research and promoting safe gaming ha- uh, behaviors. Uh, yeah, not sure what this one uh, specifically about. It just seems a little more nebulous, but includes working with the ESRB and Peggy to make sure games are rated correctly. Mm-hmm. So players and parents have more information on what they're getting into. Yeah. Uh, it also includes taking a hard stance against hate, harassment, and exploitation. Yep. And then the last one's responsibility, publishing rules and sticking to them, making sure those who break them get dealt with, uh, mm-hmm. to including law enforcement intervention when possible. Uh, this category also includes a focus on providing tools to report misconduct and code of, of conduct violations. Which, yeah, that's definitely a big one, being able to report uh, shit when you see it. You know, people making usernames, referencing Nazis and racist stuff and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So, yeah, that's... Uh, I think the gaming industry hasn't always been great at. So, mm-hmm. it's nice to see that the, the three big console manufacturers are uh, having a renewed focus on that stuff. Yep. Let's see, all we right. got two more things. Uh, SNK is making a console. Wow. Maybe. Uh, they put out this weird tweet, uh, their Japanese counterpart, uh, <laughs> that the English part you can see says, who is the best player? With like a yeah. Wi-Fi signal on it. Yeah. Uh, translated, it reads, in 2021, a new game console from SNK will debut. Please look forward to a new product that will meet the needs of console gamers and the passion of game fans. Which I'm like, is this just going to be like a plug-and-play thing? Like, I mean, because, like, I mean, uh, I'd be I'd be cool with a Neo Geo plug-and-play. That would be awesome. Yeah. That'd be like that Capcom, that, probably not a giant Capcom thing, like that logo thing they had. Yeah. It just has a bunch of games in it, but you can plug it up to your TV. It's a fight stick and all that. Yeah. I was like, yeah, yeah I could, like I could, cool. I'd be down for that. I'm guessing they're not trying to ent- enter the console market. Oh, no. Uh, that that would, be... would not be a good idea. <laughs> yeah. Like, don't get me wrong. I do miss the days when we had more than just three major consoles. But yeah, 
Yeah, the 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 console wars died for a reason. <laughs> yeah, and the NSK has tried some of the like mini console stuff before, and it's not been great. I know that. Uh, it looks like last year they put out a Neo Geo Arcade Stick Pro mm. thing. That's I don't know, maybe they're actually getting that out there. Mm-hmm. That just had all fighting games on it, so. There's appeal for that, but I think also having something with like Metal Slug and all that kind of stuff would also be great. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, I don't know what this would be. Mm. It'd be weird, but yeah, like a more legit thing. I know they had like a handheld thing that you could dock that you had to buy to add games to it. That was also pretty weird, but I don't know. This is a weird thing, but I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what happens next year. Mm. Maybe we'll have a Neo Geo 2. I don't know. I highly doubt it. Yeah. But who knows? 2020, 2020 has been pretty weird. Who knows what 2021 is going to have in store? Mm-hmm. Uh, and our final story of the night, probably one of the bigger ones that wasn't a company melting down. Uh, EA took a surprise turn and entered the fray of the... Uh, acquisition of Codemasters that Take Two was uh, trying to finalize. Mm-hmm. They put in a bid for $994 million to purchase them, which was a lot of money still. And EA yeah. just came in and said, hey, we got $1.2 billion for that. Yeah. And swooped in right under them and got it. Mm-hmm. Uh, a huge chunk of change. Whew. And yeah, they get uh, the F1 license through that. Mm-hmm. As well as a very talented uh, set of studios that make racing games. Yeah. Because EA apparently cannot anymore, other mm-hmm. than putting out remasters of Criterion games. Yeah. Uh, so this might be their way of saying, like, okay, guys, we've fucked up for an entire generation. Uh, let's just mm-hmm. bring in these guys because they know how to make good games. Uh, and you guys, you'll work on, I don't know, NHL or something. I don't know. We'll find some busy <laughs> work for you. Let you go yeah. over to Criterion if you want, because uh, yeah, they'll get the the Dirt games. Those are good games. Mm-hmm. Uh, Grid. What else? Uh, there's a bunch of stuff they've made. Onrush. Yeah, there's those that. Developers anymore, but they can maybe do something with that license. Uh, so yeah, mm-hmm. that uh, that's wild. Having like the the big budget racing game market kind of. Mostly under EA's belt, on, as far as third party third parties are concerned. Mm-hmm. Which is wild. I wasn't expecting this. But I don't know that either company is necessarily great as far as if you're worried about microtransactions and all that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but hey, maybe this one will be the acquisition for EA to really uh, get them to take their racing game stuff seriously. Yeah, seriously. Really doing much with it with uh, the Need for Speed games. Mm-hmm. Just kind of putting them out and hoping something hits. <laughs> yeah, seriously. And none of it did. Nope. Maybe Rivals did a bit, but that was more because it was uh, a new racing game on a console. Yeah. There's appeal for that at launch. Mm-hmm. But yeah, both of these, I guess both of the new ones launched with Dirt, so good job, EA. You got another launch racing game on you. Yep. Uh, I'm not sure when this is going to finish 
they're going to finish the deal in the first quarter of 2021. So mm. we're in the next few months. So we'll see what what that looks like in the end. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. So that's uh, yeah, be interesting to see what their vision is for that. Maybe they'll just let them do what they do. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I think that's yeah. it. That's it for this year, isn't it? Uh, for the most part, we might do a new show next week. Uh, we'll see. We'll see what, who we got around and what's to talk about. Yeah. Cause uh, who knows what else is going to happen with cyberpunk. Yeah. That's man, seven it, more we, days. Oh man. You yeah. I thought seven days would produce nine stories about, uh, fuck ups from them. But yeah. Surprise. I hope surprise. for their sake it's quiet. Mm-hmm. But, uh, we'll see how that goes. But yeah, we'll maybe be back next week. If not, we'll be back on the third. We'll do game of the year stuff. Talk about mm-hmm. who are, uh, probably talk about what we individually picked for our games of the year. And then yeah. uh, talk about the overall list and all that. So yeah. Thank you, Brandon, for uh, joining me this week. Oh yeah. We should have some more people next time, but uh, until then have a good one. We'll see you next time. Have a Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, whatever holiday you choose. Please don't do anything stupid. We don't want to have to we- read about you on Let's Weekend. Yeah, we don't want any uh, of this to have to keep going on. No. Don't be stupid. <laughs>